Today, I'm going to talk about the 2018 movie, Lizzie. Lizzie. Yes, you heard it. Lizzie. It is a movie based on Lizzie Borden. And I am not sure that I am going to say her name right. This stars Chloe Svegny. I'm sorry if I said that wrong. Chloe Svegny. Um, as Lizzie, it stars also Kristen Stewart as Bridget Sullivan, the maid. The father, Jamie Sheridan, is Andrew. Um, yeah, so there's been a few movies like this based on Lizzie Borden. And I'll be honest, uh, the only one I've seen is the Elizabeth Montgomery one, but I've not seen that in a long time. I mean, that's that's been a while since I've seen that. But before we dive too far into this, let us see if this is on Rotten Tomatoes, and let's see if I can get the score right. So I'm going to say the critic, the critic score is 75, and the audience score is 80. I don't know. I'm <laughs> I don't know. Let's see. Okay, oh, critic score is 66, and the audience score is 47, so middle of the road. Critics like it more than the audience. Um, okay. Um, so this is very loosely based on it. A lot of things changed, of course. This has not been solved. Nobody knows who really did it. Um, but it, I'm always confused by movies like this because they always change stuff. And they change it in a way that doesn't make sense to me. Um, just simple things. I mean, I'm not even talking about character motivations. We don't really know for sure what the characters were really thinking, what the real people were really thinking or doing. We don't really know that. But just simple stuff they change. Just like, why do they live in a giant mansion? Very nice house that they live in in this version of the movie. The real house is very modest and a lot smaller. Um, yeah, so this movie, I watched it on Shudder. And if you're a regular listener, you know that I really like Shudder. Um, I've read a few books, um, three different books about the case. Um, I'm actually in the middle of the third book that I'm reading. Uh, the first book I read had Emma as the killer. That's That was the author's theory. Um, the second book I read had a, it was an illegitimate son of Andrew's who was the killer. And I'm just in the middle of the third book. I'm not sure where he's going to go with it or what what he thinks it is. But uh, it's they've all been pretty good reads so far. Um, this one's a good read, too. Um, but uh, the other two were pretty good reads. I mean, they don't really, you can't really solve it at this point right now. So it's just fascinating uh, to 
to me about, uh, you know, what is it? Well, he did it. Did she really do it? Was she a victim? Was she a part of it? Was she, you know, was there some kind of a conspiracy? I don't know. Um, this movie decides to say that Bridget and Lizzie were into each other. So they became lovers over the course of the six months leading up to the murder. Um, some of the stuff they do get correct in the movie, like there was tension between Emma, Lizzie, and Andrew about what was going to go on with the inheritance. They're not really sure where they're standing. Uh, Andrew was doing things with the property, you know, putting some properties in Abby's name, and they were not pleased about that. Uh, that part's not in there, but not the part about him putting the property in Abby's name, but some of the the uh, stuff about Lizzie and Emma being uncertain about what, where they stood as, as far as the inheritance was concerned for this. Uh, that was cool. So, uh, that, uh, you know, but the house is too big. Um, Andrew's really a scumbag in this, and from the accounts I've read, he he was a rough man to know. He was a rough man to get to know. Um, he does things in this movie that I don't think that he would do based on what I've read, but I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, for instance, he decides that it would be great to assault sexually uh, Bridget. I don't think that he did that. I think maybe Bridget might have said something. Maybe. I mean, that's my feeling about it based on what I've read. She might have said something. Um, Abby has to know this in the movie. He has to know. She has to know that he's doing that because she's lying awake in bed after he returns one night from uh, assaulting her. Bridget feels like she has to be there and she has to keep the job because it would help her. She's a new immigrant from Ireland, and she feels like that it would help her um, get another, a better job somewhere else. So she feels like she kind of has to endure that. Lizzie finds out about it, and this was kind of neat what happened. Lizzie finds out um, that that is happening. She catches her father in the room by hearing noise, so they're... Bridget's room is up in the attic. So Lizzie decides, okay, well, I'm really going to hurt him and make sure that that's what he's doing. She smashes her mirror, takes the shards of the mirror up to the door of Bridget's room and lays down the glass so he's going to step in it when he comes out. And of course, she hears him, and she was a, that gave her some satisfaction for that. Um, so, but um, I don't think that happened. Um, but uh, something else, I don't think Lizzie really would have taken a shine in that way to Bridget. Um, by the accounts I've read, Lizzie and Emma were pretty ambivalent towards Bridget, and you could even say downright didn't even care that Bridget was there. They called Bridget Maggie, and they called her Maggie because... The previous housekeeper was named Maggie, so they didn't even 
they didn't even it care enough to know her real name or even call her by her real name. Uh, seems pretty cold, uh, but uh, they their father was pretty cold by all accounts that I've read. In the movie, they make Lizzie a little bit warmer, a little bit more caring. Uh, so for some reason, Bridget says you can call me Maggie and she's like, well, that's not your name. Is that your name? What's your proper name? Tell me what your name is. Uh, so she tells her her name. Her name is Bridget. And they move on from there. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a... They were not... I mean, I, I don't I don't know if they were really nice people. They're pretty cold, though. So, But uh, as I said, their father was pretty cold. So I suppose if you just watch this movie just to watch it as a movie and just ignore some of the history, then maybe it's okay. Uh, but um, uh, I got a hard time doing it. I mean, it's semi-autobiographical, if that's what they call these anymore. Um, it's like a, a this, this description is it's American biographical thriller film. So... I don't know. Maybe I'll have to watch the other ones and see if they're a little bit more accurate. There's one with Christina Ricci. I've not seen that one. That one was 2014. Let me check that again. Yeah, that one was 2014. It's called Lizzie Borden Took an Axe. It's a television biopic. Okay. Uh, of course, the one with Elizabeth Montgomery was a television movie. Let me see. I think this one had a limited theatrical release, if I was reading it right. So this one, it had a premiere at the Sundance Film Festival in 2018 of January. How far it played, I'm not sure. It was probably a really limited release. It didn't uh, fare well at the box office from what... Okay, it's opening weekend. It was only in four theaters, so I mean, it's expanded to 240 screens. So it's eh, this movie didn't really have a chance. I don't really remember this being advertised when it came out at that time. I'm just you know flipping through Shutter, and there it is. Oh, there's a Lizzie Borden movie. I'm in the middle of reading a Lizzie Borden book. Maybe I'll watch that. I was thinking about waiting until after I finished the book, but I decided no. Let's just dig right into it. Let's just watch it right now. Um, so, yeah, um, it's not told in a linear fashion. It's told in a, a bit of flashbacks and some flash sideways and some of this and some of that. So you don't really see. It starts out with her father dead, and then it flashes back to when Bridget supposedly started there. In the movie, she started there six months earlier, but she had been working with them for like two years before and she thought very highly of the family and she quit right after the murder she couldn't be in the house anymore um, but there's a there's a scene where Emma is upset with Bridget because she wants to uh, quit and she says well you can't quit and this was after the murder she I, d I don't know Emma's not hardly in this movie and she doesn't talk to Lizzie that much Lizzie and Emma don't interact that much. Of course, um, they're 
they they do go into the whole um, Bridget and Lizzie are end up being lovers in this. Uh, their father Andrew catches Lizzie and Bridget in the barn. Doesn't say anything to them. Doesn't storm in there. I guess that was nice of them. They got to finish up. Uh, so, he <laughs> uh, but he says later on to Lizzie that she is not to have any contact with Bridget um, if it has you know, beyond being her boss. She is, you know, when, when she needs Bridget to do something in the house, that's how she should talk to her. She is is not to speak with her about anything. So if they needed to go dress shopping. You know, she's not to go with her. You know, they're not supposed to do any of that. She says, but father, she is my friend. And he says, she is not your friend. She, she is below you. But he's always telling Lizzie that Lizzie is below everybody anyway. Um, one of the other things, I've never heard of uh, Lizzie having these, but apparently she has seizures in this movie. She has spells, as they call them. Because Lizzie wants to go out and she goes to the theater and sees a show and she has a spell. and Her father thinks that she is putting a target on the family and making the family look bad because she's going out. Um, she was 32 years old at the time and almost beyond marriage uh, in those days. But... Uh, she, you know, greatly resents any of that type of talk. The other thing that's happening in this movie is there are a series of notes, threatening notes left on the doorstep of the Borden house. So stuff like, your sins will be revealed to the world. You can't hide from your evil. Just notes like that. Um, I don't think they ever got any notes like that. So... Uh, also, John Morse is in this quite a bit. John Morse is the brother of Andrew's first wife, Sarah. Uh, Sarah being the mother of Emma and Lizzie. He is a total, uh, yeah, he's a total slime ball in this, even so far as to uh, becoming very close to sexually assaulting uh, Lizzie, which... I don't think he would ever do. He was kind of an oddball in real life, but none of the descriptions of him I've read that he was sexually assaulting uh, his nieces. Um, yeah, so. Uh, but what happens is, what leads up to that is that Lizzie actually sees John Morse putting a note on the door and leaving. So she goes and checks the handwriting and uh, checks the handwriting against documents that are in her father's office because Andrew always consulted John they always talked they were pretty good friends I guess if Andrew could have any friends I guess he might have been his best friend <laughs> uh, I mean even in this movie uh, Andrew's uh, a bit of a jerk it, maybe even more so than he was in real life he's a little bit warmer in this movie but <laughs> oh well uh, so, John is not happy about that, so, of course, he uh, tries to sexually assault Lizzie there in the front room where anybody can just walk in. 
uh, probably to show he's more powerful than Lizzie. Lizzie is nothing, as he tells her. You're nothing. You're nothing. I'm John Morris. I'm a man. I'm a man. And, uh, you know, telling her not to go anywhere with that. So uh, Bridget comes in and stops it, which was a good thing. That was good to have that stop right there. Um, so John uh, Morse, he was not he in this movie. He like practically lives there all the time. He didn't live there. He didn't live in their town. He would come and visit quite often. And um, the weekend, or weekend, but in the days leading up to the murders, he showed up like the day before and um, unannounced and had dinner with them and then had business in town. But in this movie, he, like, lives there. Okay. All right, so he does. He, he just lives up there. Okay. Um, yeah, so Lizzie decides she needs to go talk to the family lawyer because she wants to know what is going on with the inheritance. He can't tell her anything. He's like, I just, I can't tell you. Well, I'm part of the family. I should know what's going on with my inheritance. Nope. I'm not going to tell you that. So that was that was one of the broken, one of the things that was leading her towards doing this in this movie. Now, right before that, just a few scenes before that, Andrew is talking to John, and he's talking to him about the inheritance. Now, Lizzie eavesdrops on this and hears something that she interprets to mean she is not going to get any inheritance, and it's all going to go to John. He is going to be like, I don't know the proper term for it, but he's going to be in charge of it. And Emma and Lizzie are not getting anything. She doesn't like that. So she goes and decides um, she's going to commit. Um, she robs some jewelry and robs some money. Okay, well, Andrew knows what's happening. That that actually happened, but we don't know if Lizzie did that in real life. I mean, there there actually was that that happened. So Andrew uh, figures this out, and he knows who did it, and he decides that uh, the best thing he should do is go kill Lizzie's pigeons. Uh, he just runs out to the barn and kills the pigeons, brutally, with an axe, of course. So I'm not really sure why he did that, but, uh, you know, just kind of like uh, maybe I know who did this, but it was something they didn't want to talk about. Because if I remember it right, after that happened, he kept the bedroom locked. But, you know, his bedroom locked, because that's where that uh, jewelry was ransacked, was stolen. But he kept the key to it on the mantelpiece downstairs, just kind of like, I know what's happening. I know what's going on. So little cool things like that that really happened they don't put in the movie and that would have been so simple to do just simple things like that that they just cut out and put bizarre things like john morse thinking he needs to sexually assault lizzie like i, I don't understand that why can't you why can't you put these simple cool little things in there it wouldn't be that much to do that um also the upstairs uh, had no hallways kept being taken out of the movie because I kept seeing hallways upstairs. Like, there were no hallways up there. There were, like, two staircases in the house. You should go look at the floor plan to it. It was nuts. So, uh, Andrew uh, did not believe in wasted space, and a hallway's wasted space. So, <laughs> yeah. 
All the bedrooms, walls butted up against each other. There was no hallway. I don't really know if that made their bedrooms bigger or what. Seems like that would be kind of frustrating to me because you'd have to go up the front stairs to get to this bedroom and then walk through that bedroom to get to the other bedroom. Or you could go up the back stairs to walk through this bedroom to get to that bedroom. And then Bridget's room was in the attic. It's probably pretty cozy up there. But, yeah, so once all of that happens and once everything, she decides, okay, this is it. This is it. She goes home, goes through the office, ransacks it, finds the will, finds that one major document that's going to tell them where the inheritance goes, and she sets it on fire, just burns that thing. Okay, so now there is nothing saying that John Morris is going to get any money. So that's when she decides, here we go, we're going to do this now. So the morning of the murders, she goes and tells Bridget, give this note to Abby at precisely 9 a.m. So this note is the note that was supposed to have given to Abby to tell her that her friend was sick and she needed to go see her. They don't know who it was, and I don't think they ever found the note, but Lizzie insists there was a note. Uh, So that's what really happened. So in the movie, the note says that their neighbor, Mrs. Churchill, is sick. Mrs. Churchill's not even in the movie as far as I could tell. But, uh, okay, (laughs) maybe she's in some of the other movies. I, I don't know. There's just stuff they just don't put in there and just fill this, just some bizarre things in there. So she, Bridget does that. She gives a note to Abby. Abby uh, says, oh, I need to go get changed and go see Mrs. Churchill because she's sick. So she goes up to her bedroom, of course. Lizzie decides uh, now's the time to do it. So she strips down to her birthday suit, wanders into the bedroom, and hacks Abby with an axe. Okay, she wasn't killed in that bedroom. She was killed in the guest room where John Morse was staying, and I, d- I don't know why they had to do it that way either. I, d- I don't know. It because when Andrew comes home, he goes up to his bedroom and, like, puts on a, oh, man, I forget the name of that coat that he wore. But anyway, he puts on, like, a house coat, something like that, and then goes downstairs to read the paper. So, I, I don't know. I guess he didn't do that in the movies, I guess, just sat down to read the paper. He was kind of uh, not as formal, I guess, as the real Andrew. Real Andrew was really formal, real rigid. Fake Andrew is not. He's just kind of a slacker and uh, likes to have his way with his maid. So, I mean, they don't say what happened to the other maid in this movie, so maybe he assaulted her out of the house and she, you know, she was, I'm done, I'm quit. I don't know. I, d- I don't understand that bit. Uh, I mean, what really happened is far more fascinating than him sexually assaulting uh, Bridget. Um, all right, so Abby is dead, and they really made sure that she gave her 40 wax. I didn't count them, so if anybody watches this and says they really that really was 40 wax, she she 40 wax. So uh, she was obliterated, but it looks like she's where fell down where she was supposed to fall down between the bed and the dresser, just like in the other. She's just in the wrong bedroom. All right, so. She goes and gets dressed, and then uh, Bridget is supposed to 
kill Andrew in this movie. Of course, that didn't happen. She was laying down or something. The anyway, the real timeline doesn't fit with what happened in this movie. The real timeline is not is not followed at all. There's no way any of this could have happened in that short 45, 30-minute window. Because Andrew came home at like 10.45, 10.30, 10.45, and he was dead by 11. So, I <laughs> but they do a lot of things in this. They do a lot of things. So it's time for Bridget to kill Andrew. So she has to strip down to her birthday suit. She walks out there, has the hatchet, and she doesn't want to do it. She can't do it. So what does Andrew do to talk her down? Give me! The hatchet! Expletive, expletive, expletive! Lizzie comes in, because Lizzie put a, her dress back on, and then goes over there and bashes his face in with the axe. I don't know if he gave him... I don't know if that was 41 axe on... 41 wax on him. I don't know. But then uh, Bridget is just a mess, and she's crying in the corner. I probably would, too, if somebody came in and killed somebody in front of me with a hatchet. I, I would probably do that, too, and I'll, I'll say that right now. I, I probably would do that. Uh, so I can't really blame her at all. Uh, okay, so now that Lizzie killed somebody in her dress, she's got blood all over it, and she has to clean up again. So I thought, oh, maybe she'll take the dress off and burn it now, because she, she did burn a dress uh, apparently a few days later. Uh, but uh, the day of the murder, she had no speck of blood on her. There was nothing nothing on her, nothing on her clothes. So and it was probably just bad timing, burning the dress when she did. She probably shouldn't have done that. But uh, there was no, no indication that she had any blood on her dress on that day, which is absolutely fascinating if she did do it. So <laughs> but no, you can't put that in these movies. They're not going to do that. So... But anyway, this movie ends with Bridget telling Lizzie, Don't write me. I didn't want anything from you. I don't ever want to see you again. And of course, Lizzie's heartbroken because I think Lizzie finally found somebody that she really wanted and thought that, Oh, this is my place in the world and we're in love. And, we and then Bridget says no. Okay. And that's the end of the movie. Um, it's an okay movie. It's not a terrible movie. Um, like I said, I think if you just watch this movie and just try to ignore history and all, and 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 don't sit there and go, man, this really happened. Uh, I, I hope that's in the movie because it's not going to be in the movie. There's no, you don't really get to see anything. You don't really get to see. Uh, <laughs> you, you, yeah, I mean, there's. Yeah, there's no follow-up on any of that. There's there's nothing about uh, who was the strange man they saw in the neighborhood. There's no nothing about that. Emma's just kind of an afterthought in the movie. She's not really hardly in the movie, um, except she's there to threaten Bridget. Don't you let my sister hang for this, Bridget, she says to her at one point. I will haunt you for the rest of your days. Do you follow me? No, so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the acting was fine. Everybody was fine in their parts. Um, 
cinematography and everything was adequate. It's just kind of a blah movie that just kind of sits there. Um, like I said, I haven't watched very many Lizzie Borden movies because I don't expect any of them to be very accurate. Um, I get that there's liberties that have to be taken in order to finish the movie because you have to put the you have to fill in some of the holes, but I wish that they could make a movie that is as accurate as they could be that is entertaining. <laughs> That's the other thing. It's got to be entertaining. Uh, that is entertaining that actually does tell the story and doesn't say, all right, Lizzie did the murders and she did it because she was a lesbian and because she wanted to get the inheritance and live forever with Bridget, her lover. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I just. I just don't know. Some of these historical movies. It's just when you go read the history. Like I said, you read the history and you go, "Wow, that's really cool. Why wasn't that in the movie?" And then you read some more and you go, "Gee whiz, that's really. Why wasn't that in the movie?" I don't know. I, I don't know. This was apparently a passion project of Chloe's. I mean, good on her seeing this through. She was good in the role. I mean, they even did up her, her hair. Uh, looked much like uh, Lizzie's. You know, you go look at a photograph of Lizzie Borden, and her one of the main photos I see all the time. Her hair is styled exactly that way. I thought she looked really good in the role, and I thought she did a really good job in the role. Um, I think Kristen Stewart, if I remember Bridget's picture, she kind of resembles her. I thought... I thought her accent was good. Christian Stewart, I thought she did a good job in this movie. Um, so, I mean, I suppose I can recommend it in that way. But if you're looking for a movie that is telling the story of Lizzie Borden and what and what happened in a way that we know what happened, this is not your movie. And I don't know if they've made that movie. So we're just going to have to keep on waiting. And we are never going to know. I think it is safe to say at this point that we are never going to know who did kill Andrew and Abby Borden. We're just never going to know. And this movie isn't going to help us anyway. But it helps keep the mystery alive and helps keep us talking about it. So, interesting in that way. Uh, so, I would just like to leave uh, with this. Um, someday I will take a trip out to the Lizzie Borden house. It is a bed and breakfast now. And it actually would be fascinating to me to go there and stay there. They serve the same breakfast that they had. Um, I hope it's not poison. <laughs> See, that's another detail that's not in this movie. They thought they were being poisoned. There was like four or five days in a row where they were all sick. But that's not in the movie. That's pretty interesting. But uh, anyway, this is on Shutter. Check it out if you'd like to. As um, we always say, you should see the movie for yourself and form your own opinion. I'm just uh, some dude talking about what I thought about a movie, whether I thought it was good or not. And this one was just kind of uh, blah to me. Just kind of like, okay. Thank you for that. Um, pretty decent cast. If they had had a better script, 
I think this would have been a better movie. Oh, also, one more thing. And this is another simple thing. Jamie Sheridan, who played uh, Andrew Borden, he didn't even have a beard. And his hair wasn't right. Like, uh, who is that guy? That's not Andrew Borden. So that's uh, just another simple thing that I've been talking about all throughout this. Simple things that they could do. Nice little, I guess they're calling them Easter eggs now with comic books. Comic book movies, they always have their Easter eggs. And, you know, all the those movies have their, I mean, why can't these historical movies have their Easter eggs too? Why can't we do that? Um, so, all right. So you guys that make these movies that are listening, uh, come on, let's put some Easter eggs. Let's put some historical Easter eggs in here. Let's put some more in there. Let's, uh, you know, for us history nerds that want to know that stuff. So, <laughs> all right. Anyway, uh, go check that out. Um, I, I would say this is worth checking out either way. Um, and uh, I will leave it right there. 